Christian Parenting. Aloha, friends. Welcome to the Monica Swanson Podcast, powered by Christian Parenting. I am Monica Swanson, mom to four boys, wife to Dr. Dave, podcast host and author of Boy Mom and Raising Amazing. Here on the podcast, it is my goal to bring you practical advice and biblical wisdom for raising amazing kids and building strong families. You can always find show notes over at monicaswanson.com forward slash podcast. I'm so glad you're here and I hope you'll be encouraged. Hey friends, I know how busy this time of the year is. And as much as I love home-cooked meals, sometimes there is just not enough time. But I have good news for you. Factor offers delicious, ready-to-eat meals, which can make eating better every day easy. Wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with your pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. There are two-minute meals, so you can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. They have snacks and smoothies and more. There's a wide variety of options and 55 nutrition-packed add-ons that will help make your weekly meal planning even more delicious. So head over to factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50 and use code Swanson50 to get, you guessed it, 50% off. That's code Swanson50 over at factormeals.com forward slash Swanson50, and you're going to get 50% off. No prep, no mess. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Yay for that. I'll be linking over in show notes as well, but go check it out and tell me how you enjoy your Factor Meals. In other words, which spiritual disciplines in childhood might predict the best spiritual condition when these kids grow into adulthood? This is what we want to know, right? What really matters? Well, after years of research looking at thousands of families, their data showed strong correlations between childhood disciplines and adults who continued to embrace a vibrant faith. And guess what was at the top of the list? What do you think was the most strongly correlated? Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. I'm so happy to get to hang out with you again. And it is the end of the month, which means another Raising Amazing chapter highlight episode. So it's just me. And I know I just left you hanging in that little clip I shared at the beginning, right? But don't you worry, we will get back to that. But if you're new around here, we are going through one chapter of Raising Amazing at the end of each month this year. And we are already up to chapter four. So I'm really excited because I think this is the most important chapter in the book, and I can't wait to share some nuggets and highlights with all of you. So hopefully you have a copy of Raising Amazing. If not, you can order one on Amazon. I think these are great episodes to get together with some friends, maybe either listen together or just get together and chat through it after listening. So good way to do a little book club and a good excuse to get together for coffee and hang out with friends. So before we dive into my chapter highlights, a couple quick pieces of kind of housekeeping and updates. First, I mentioned a couple 
couple of weeks ago, but you might be noticing some new advertisements here in the podcast. And I just want to thank you for your patience as we're kind of fine tuning, figuring out how those are going to work. I've been podcasting for four years and it was time to do something. And I would really rather not have to have certain episodes that I charge for. I need to steward my time and all the work I put into this well. And ads are a way that you can support the podcast without paying a cent. So thank you. And also, I just like to ask you to let me know if you ever hear an ad that you feel like doesn't align with my values or seems out of place on this podcast. Some of the ads will be automated, which means you might be hearing different ones from me or other people. So please do let me know. You can email me at aloha at monicaswanson.com and let me know. And in the future, there will be more ads that I read myself. So that's a little bit easier for me to keep track of. Okay. Then the really fun news, what I'm super excited to tell you is that next week, August 1st through the 7th, we are opening the doors to the character training course. And I've heard from so many people this summer saying, what happened? I thought you usually open the course in the summer. And I have in the past opened it in June. But this year we had some stuff going on in the early summertime. And I wanted to add some bonus material related to, you guessed it, back to school. So we have a whole new addition to the course. It's all about work ethic related to schoolwork, chores, what it means to help your kids develop a self-directed work ethic. I am so excited. I have a new interview and I think you're going to love it. So if you are brand new around here and you don't know what I'm talking about, please do go to show notes where you can read more about what's in the character training course. And I think you're going to be really excited. This is super special and only getting better and better over time. Also, just to be clear, I only open the doors to the course a couple times a year, but once you're in there, you can take as long as you want to get through everything and you have lifetime access. So as I add new things, you will always have access to anything new that I add. So again, please visit show notes to read about all the cool things in the course. Next week, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it, but if you don't want to miss the grand opening next week or anything else I do, the best way to stay in touch is to leave your email address um, on my list over at monicaswanson.com forward slash subscribe. Become an email subscriber and you will keep up to date on all the things I'm doing. Okay, thank you for letting me share that extra long introduction. And now we get to dive into chapter four of Raising Amazing. And this is what I call the most important thing. I really believe it is. It's about making faith the highest priority in your family. And I open here with a quote from Charles Spurgeon, which I love. It says, as soon as your children can understand anything, let them know about Christ. And as I always do, I'm going to begin by just reading the opening to this chapter. It goes like this. This book is packed with what I'm most passionate about in parenting, but this chapter's content is the very best I have to offer. That's because my greatest advice for raising amazing kids is to introduce them to our most amazing God and then make Him the most important part of your family life. Nothing will make your kids more amazing than their having a personal relationship with the God who created them and loves them even more than you do. Not a character quality, not good grades, not sports achievement, not a dream job, not an ideal spouse, not a lifetime achievement award or anything else. God's spirit in our kids is as amazing as it gets. But want to hear a cool bonus? When our kids grow up to be Christ followers, they're likely to possess the other qualities we hope for as well. The way I see it, 
a young person committed to following God and living according to biblical principles will be more likely to make good choices. They'll have the resources and wisdom they need to navigate everything from relationships to health and lifestyle choices to work to money management and beyond. They won't be perfect. They're still human, but they'll be growing to be more like Christ. I'm convinced that if my kids grow up to be fully committed Christ followers, I have little to be concerned about. Really, because if they grow up to have an authentic relationship with Jesus, they'll have wisdom to guide them and they'll experience the most purpose-filled, peace-filled lives possible. Now, I'm not suggesting a struggle-free or easy life, but a life filled with the security of knowing they're loved and there's a purpose to their struggles. When we and our kids are on God's side, we get to walk through this life with all its joys and challenges alongside the King of Kings, literally with the one who can see the end from the beginning. When we do life with God, we get to be a part of the most amazing adventure that's part of His cosmic story, a story that doesn't promise comfort or ease, but is filled with truth and love, and that most definitely guarantees a happy ending. Can we just hang out on that thought for a moment? That is about as amazing as it gets. So when it comes to faith, I vote we tell our kids the truth, the whole truth about the God who loves them and the journey that awaits them. Not a feel-good version or a made-up gospel that promises health and wealth, though, because when our kids learn about the real Jesus, the one who laid down his life for their eternity— the one worthy of wonder and awe, and they understand that he's fully loving but also unbelievably powerful, it will be hard for them to resist the invitation to be part of his story. So then I go into a section called Start Young, and this is super important. If you have young kids, I hope you're listening, and if you know other people who do, please let them know about this episode. Research tells us that most Christians become Christians during their childhood it's much less likely for someone to make a commitment to Christ after they turn 18. Young children have precious, impressionable hearts, but as they grow up, things of the world creep in and their hearts tend to harden. While there's always hope for anyone to begin a relationship with Jesus at any age, George Barna, renowned researcher, stated, from the way I see it, our kids' faith is either won or lost by age 13. Wow, right? So time is of the essence. And I will add, your home is the best place to start. That's right. Now I say here, before all this talk inspires you to hurry and sign your kids up for the next church event or vacation Bible school, you need to know that research also tells us that the best and most likely place for your kids to become Christians is at home with you. I'm sure you would agree that other than God, there's no one that loves your kids more than you do. And your position in your child's life uniquely qualifies you to be the best person, people, as parents to lead them to the Lord. I know that can sound overwhelming and like a lot of pressure, but let me encourage you. It really shouldn't. In fact, if it's done right, your goal should not be perfection, but modeling an authentic relationship, a growing relationship with God. And that's what I talk about next. I talk about modeling your own faith walk. And if you were around last month or if you read chapter three of this book, you know that we've already talked a lot about the importance of modeling an amazing life for your kids. And we touch bases on a lot of different areas of our life where it's really important that we don't just tell our kids how to live, but that we show them how to live. And I don't think there's any area more important than faith because 
as you maybe have experienced yourself, or at least you know people who have experienced, if we're hypocrites, if we tell our kids one thing and then live a different way, it's really um, something that the enemy can use to turn them away from faith completely. And so while, like I said, I'm not talking about a perfect Christian life, I'm talking about being authentic, and I think that's what kids are looking for the most. Now, the stakes are definitely high on this one. And from the beginning, God gave parents the great privilege and responsibility of passing the baton of faith on to their children. I've mentioned the book of Deuteronomy many times, but I'm going to read a little passage here that I love. It's Deuteronomy 6, 7 through 9, and this is the English Standard Version. It says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. This is talking about God's commands. Teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk about them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. So that picture, especially that whole thing of of talking about them when you get up, when you lie down, when you walk along the street, the way I see it, that's that's just living a life of faith. That means not just going to church on Sunday, not even doing family devotions in the evening or praying before a meal. It means having God on your mind all day long, looking for opportunities to point your kids to God as questions come up, as you're disciplining, um, as you see a need or have something you're thankful for. Just turning your focus and attention to the Lord throughout the day is living an authentic life, just like it talks about in the book of Deuteronomy. Um Next, I talk about communicating the gospel clearly, and certainly is so important that we live an authentic Christian life in front of our kids, but it's also essential that we communicate the gospel message to them clearly. We can't expect them to just pick up on things or you know, hear it in Sunday school. We want to talk to our kids and clearly talk about the gospel. So next, I give a pop quiz here, not to put you on the spot, but wherever you are, Here's a question for you. I said, if you have to communicate the gospel message to someone right now in under two minutes, could you do it? Go ahead and practice. I'll wait. So think about that. If you needed to tell somebody what it means to have a relationship with God, what the gospel is, the gospel means good news, right? So if you had to tell somebody what the gospel message was, if you had to tell your kid, could you do it? No no judgment here, no condemnation if you can't. But I think this is something that should be a goal in our families. Now, I have good news for you. If you feel like you couldn't do that, there is a free printable with this chapter over in show notes, and it is steps to lead your child into a relationship with God. And so that's going to share some of the key scriptures just so that you can... um, use this to lead your child into a relationship with God. But also some of you listening might be like, I've actually never taken those steps myself. So by all means, you can use this for yourself. This isn't just for children, but it's sharing the key scriptures so that you understand what it means to put your faith in Jesus, his death and resurrection, and to surrender your life to begin a relationship with God. And again, it's not going to be a perfect one. None of us until heaven will be perfect, but it should give you those basic steps and then some encouragement to continue to grow in a relationship with God. Next, I share a little conversation I had had with Levi uh, recently, just before writing this chapter of the book. And it was a conversation we've had before. It was where I asked him, hey, Levi, if you had a friend that wanted to know what it meant to be a Christian, what would you tell them? And I share the back and forth between Levi and I, some of the examples of how we can kind of practice teaching our kids what they would say to answer 
questions about what it means to have a relationship with God. And it, it's not a script you need to follow, but it was just a good sample. So I'll let you check that out in the book. But the point is, you want to communicate with your kids what the gospel message is and spend time going over that with them, because certainly the world is going to tell them a whole lot of things, maybe even tell them what Christians really believe. And there may be some some lies being communicated. And so you want to be the one sharing truth with your kids. Like I say later in Raising Amazing, setting those first tracks so that they understand what the Bible says and then practicing it over time. So again, be sure to get that printable, use it for yourself and or your kids or your friends. Hey friends, well, after a long and for many of you cold winter, are you ready to bring the spirit of the islands into your home? Look no further than Home Threads, where comfort meets coastal living. At HomeThreads.com, you can discover a collection inspired by the tranquility of the beach. From breezy linens to stylish coastal decor, they've got everything you need to turn your home into a seaside retreat, and always at the best value. If you haven't been to the Home Threads website yet, you have to go check it out, see their beautiful bedding, everything they have for your kitchen, lighting, workspace, and a gift guide, which has something for everyone on your list. I'm thinking ahead to Mother's Day, Father's Day, anniversaries, birthdays, and more. So visit homethreads.com forward slash Monica and get a code for 15% off your first order. Because whether you're on the islands or dreaming of the sea, Home Threads brings the beach to you. Home Threads, love where you live. Now, next, I think this is super important. I talk about how results are not guaranteed, but they're likely. So when we talk about raising up kids to know and love God, it never fails that the topic of formula comes up. Plenty of people will want to challenge us and say like, oh, you know, so you're telling me if I do this, this, and this, my kid will become a Christian and follow God all their days, you know, and some people unfortunately have grown kids and they're like, I did everything you did. And my kids did not follow God. And I'm so sorry when I hear those stories, I, it does break my heart. And I think there, it's never too late. Certainly God can do anything and you can continue to pray for your children and communicate with them, hoping they will return to the Lord or make a decision to follow God. But no, there are no guarantees. Only God is sovereign. And the tricky thing with parenting is our kids have a free will, right? So we can do everything right and our kids can still make choices that are super disappointing. But from the research I've read, as much as we can get overwhelmed with the statistics that tell us that, you know, so many kids who grow up in a Christian home leave the church when they leave home one day. I like to look at those who stay. I like to say, okay, then how about the few who don't leave the church? What is going on there? I am convinced that parents play a great role in this. And Tony Evans, I quote him here saying, the single greatest reason why we are losing our young people today is that the home is no longer the place where faith is transferred. He says, parents, the primary purpose of the home is the evangelization and discipleship of your children. You cannot outsource this vital component in the rearing of your children. So teaching your kids God's word and making spiritual disciplines a normal, healthy, even enjoyable part of your family life may not guarantee results, but it will greatly increase the chance that your children will grow up to make their faith their own. 
Now, next, I talk about spiritual disciplines and how they matter in childhood. I love this. There's a study by Lifeway Research, which offers some encouraging data along these lines. Now, they surveyed Christian parents who had adult children ages 18 to 30, and the study set out to determine which parenting practices pay off over the long haul when it comes to spiritual health. In other words, which spiritual disciplines in childhood might predict the best spiritual condition when these kids grow into adulthood. This is what we want to know, right? What really matters? Well, after years of research looking at thousands of families, their data showed strong correlations between childhood disciplines and adults who continued to embrace a vibrant faith. Now, these weren't just people who called themselves Christians. These were people who are living out a vibrant faith, involved in their churches, following God, reading their Bible, etc., And guess what was at the top of the list? What do you think was the most strongly correlated? Did you guess reading the Bible? (laughs) That's right. Children who read the Bible regularly have the greatest likelihood of growing up to continue in a personal relationship with God. Now that encourages me so much because I've got a 13-year-old and I'm on his case every day. Did you read the Bible? Did you read the Bible? And this makes me want to keep doing that. Reading the Bible as a family, making sure he's in the Word. And I love what Jana Magruder, the director of Lifeway Kids, concluded. She said, the key takeaway from the study is a simple yet profound finding that God's Word truly is what changes lives. Now, in addition to reading the Bible, other childhood practices that predict spiritual health as adults include regular prayer time, attending church, listening primarily to Christian music, and participating in a church mission trip while growing up. Doing all five of these practices in childhood place the young adults in the study above the 90th percentile. So families, let's not give up on these spiritual disciplines. They are not outdated. They are still as important and uh, practical as they've ever been. Now, The next section I call relationship is greater than religion. And this is super important because while we're talking about all these things, especially spiritual disciplines, some people are going to have the tendency to want to turn this into a religious activity. You just have to check things off a list, read your Bible, we'll pray. And that's not the heart of this. We know that Jesus was hard on those Pharisees, hard on the the religious leaders who checked all the boxes, but their hearts were far from God. And in Matthew 23, 27, Jesus says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of bones of the dead and everything unclean. So yes, I am a big fan of the local church. I want my family to stay committed there. And the Bible makes it clear that we're meant to live out our faith lives in community. Hebrews 10.25 says that. But we don't want to look to churchy things or any of these disciplines in place of a personal relationship with God. Now, I think we need both. I think disciplines are important, but the heart of it ought to be seeking to know and walk with God daily. So then we talk about faith as kids grow up. And certainly, Some of you probably know young kids might be eager to hear Bible stories and and sit on mom's lap and pray and all of that. But then as kids grow up, sometimes they're going to develop some independence and they might pull away and say they don't want to do some of the things they did when they were growing up. And I get a lot of questions, questions like, what do I do when my kids question the faith we've taught them? What can we do to protect our kids from the world and its antagonism toward the Christian faith? And if I force my children to read the Bible or go to church, I'm afraid it'll make them rebel. 
Well, the first thing I want to say, maybe even shout, I say here in the kindest sort of way is please don't ignore it when you see your child drifting from the faith. And also please don't assume your teenager believes in what you taught them in their childhood. The teen years are when all the things you taught your children when they were younger can be put into practice and developed. These are the years when their faith can not only become personal, but vibrant and meaningful. But they're also the years when their faith will be challenged, sometimes greatly so. Your kids need you now more than ever in that season. Your role will change, yes, but they still need you as they grow into their own faith. And so I share three suggestions for spiritual parenting as kids enter the teenage years. And I'm not going to go far into each of these. Hopefully you can get your hands on a copy of the book and read them for yourself. But first, establish an open environment to discuss spiritual matters. Super important that you're available to talk to your kids. This doesn't mean you have all the answers. It means you're available to hear them out, to listen, and then to perhaps seek some answers together, whether you're going to God's word or talking to a pastor or somebody. Number two, be sure your teens are connected to Christian mentors beyond mom and dad. This is super important. By the time kids are in middle and high school, they begin to need people besides us, unfortunately, just to be modeling an authentic relationship with God. Now, their parents will remain the number one influence. I still believe that in their lives. But these outside people will begin to play a new role, and it's an important one. My three older sons all, by the time they were in high school, had youth leaders that they turned to with a lot of questions. They met with them um, as, as consistently as possible in small group and Bible study settings. But these outside influences are really important. And then number three, don't give up on the spiritual pra- disciplines and practices. So those things you were doing when they were young, continue to do them. Don't think, oh, now that they're old enough, we don't need to pray together or we don't need to bring them to church with us. As much as you're able, continue to practice these things as a family. And these disciplines shouldn't be a have to, but a get to. That's what I tell my boys. We get to go to an awesome church, see people that we care about, learn about God, worship. And um, so far, all of our boys have loved church. And Sundays have been a really special time for us. So if your kids don't love church, um, maybe have some conversations. Talk to them about that. Perhaps you're going to a church where there's not many young people. You might want to consider if there's a place where you would all fit in a little bit better. So then I talk briefly about how the battle is real. And this is so important to keep in mind as we're reading this chapter, um, because we do live in a world that has light and darkness, good and evil. First Peter 5.8 says, it, we're warned to be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And in 2 Corinthians 10.4, we read that the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. So the topics we've covered here are super important. Um, They're going to equip your kids to stand in faith, but I think that it helps to have a deeper understanding of the spiritual battle that exists and the armor that's available to us. It's actually really exciting when you begin to understand that we have spiritual armor, that God gives us the ability to, um, to stand up against our enemy. And the good news is if you have a copy of Raising Amazing, I have a bonus chapter called Amazing Armor, preparing your kids to face spiritual battles. And there's a link to that 
in the resource section. So I'm not giving that one away, but I hope you can get a copy of Raising Amazing. And if you want some help with that spiritual battle that is very real for all of us, I think you're going to enjoy reading that bonus chapter, which I link to in Raising Amazing. Finally, friends, I talk about the greatest joy. And no doubt, my favorite parenting verse will always be 3 John 1, 4 which says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. And as my boys are growing into young adults, I resonate so deeply with this verse. And I'm convinced that making our kids' relationship with God our greatest parenting priority will not only offer them the best life, but bring us the most joy as parents. I can't tell you what a great feeling it is to know that my boys who are living so far away from me independently are choosing to follow God, that they have a father that they connect to every day, who I know they they pour out their heart to, that they trust with their life, that they feel secure, that he's who they turn to first. Friends, if you have young kids, I just want to tell you there is no greater joy than that. And so I hope you'll make this your very greatest priority. Okay. So again, I just kind of scratched the surface with some of those nuggets. There's a really good word to the dads here from my husband, Dave. I'm not giving those away. I'll bring Dave on to read his at some point, but I hope you can get your hands on this. I hope your husband can read that part because it's it's really important. A dad's role spiritually in the family is huge. So I can't overemphasize that I hope the dads get to read that part of these chapters. So now, before I let you go, I would love to just pray a blessing over you and your families. So if you'll join me, I'll pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for every parent listening and for the families that they represent. And I just want to thank you, God, that that you make yourself known and available to us, that you are not obscure or hidden away, but that you give us free access to you through your son, Jesus. And I pray that as these parents do their best to follow you and teach their kids about you, that your Holy Spirit would just um, fill them up and give them the wisdom and the words and the grace to be able to communicate clearly and that their kids would understand and that their kids would also have a heart to share you with others. God, you know that this is a tough job we have as parents in our culture today. And I I pray that you would just strengthen us and give us everything we need to raise up kids who would be kingdom kids, who would love you and follow you, that they would be perhaps the minority of percent um, of the kids out there that are raised in the church, but that they would grow up to have a vibrant faith and follow you for all of their days. So help us to continue in this good hard work. And for any parents who are concerned or sad because perhaps their kids have already begun to leave the faith or they're seeing signs of that, I pray that you would give them hope, that you would give them faith, that you would just strengthen their prayer life and let them know that you love their kids even more than they do. And that you would um, just remind them that you do have a plan and a purpose. So strengthen us to continue to pray and to never give up and to look for creative ways to surround our kids with good influences and to really just do whatever you lead us to do to help bring our kids back to faith or continue to grow them in faith. So thank you, God. Um, We love you and we trust you. To you be the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, friends, thank you so much. And I just want to tell you before we go on this topic of prayer, there is an amazing um, resource over at Christian Parenting website that is such a great tool for praying for your kids throughout the school year. This is the Christian Parenting 2023-24 prayer journal, and it's now available. It's called Marked by Prayer, and it's a prayer journal that was created just for you. 
this will guide you in praying for your kids every week of the school year. And I love it. The topics in here are so good, so practical, just what you need. They include generosity, self-discipline, salvation, godly friendships, all the things that are on your mind and your heart as you raise those kids. So to get your copy, visit cpgive.org. That's CP as in Christian Parenting. Give.org to request your school year prayer journal marked by prayer. So go over there now. I'll have a link in my show notes as well, but I think you're going to love this. I love my copy so much. Okay, we've got so many good things ahead to wrap up this summer and take us into the school year. Definitely come back next week as we have that special episode where we're going to talk about raising kids who embrace a strong work ethic towards their schoolwork, their chores, and everything else. I think you're going to be encouraged. So have a wonderful rest of your week and until next time, aloha. Aloha.